Well, great to have you joining us again uh, today for another In Deep. Uh, opportunities to dig in, sort of past the conversations that we can have on a Sunday or our devotion time or in midweeks and all of those things. Just get a chance to really deep dive on some very important issues about your faith and about what the scriptures teach us so that we can really be anchored and solid in our growth in Christ. Now, today I want to talk about, I think, something that's really, really important in both its, under, you understand it, but to be able to practically outwork it, I think it's really important. Today I want to talk about why God speaks and how God speaks. There are two different ways of thinking about this. That the people who believe that God speaks and that we need God speaks is because we rely on God to make himself known. The opposite view of that is that we can, through philosophy and religion, discover the truth about God. So I don't know if you've had uh, many conversations with people about what you might call religious topics or faith topics, that I find that I'm oftentimes balancing between two things things that people have heard from others, and people, things that people think from themselves. For example, if I was to speak to somebody and say, well, the scriptures say that there oftentimes might be a sense of respect or a thoughtful consideration for something that's written in a holy book. But then people oftentimes will switch up to ideas about God that they themselves perceive to be true. Now, The difficulty in that is that if you're always only ever working from your own sense of understanding, that you you are easily misled and confused. Because the truth is, how do you really know anything about God? For example, if somebody says, well, I sat down and I'm a wise person and I thought and thought and thought and thought, and I thought, well, God doesn't send anybody to hell. But the scriptures say that hell is a place created for the devil and his angels, and that God never intended for any person to go there. But the consequences of living without God throughout your entire life means that ultimately you will spend your eternity without God. Now, those things are seemingly in conflict, but how do we know the truth? Well, what I want to say today is that it's very important that we listen to what God says because God is the only person that can reveal the truth about himself to us. In Isaiah chapter 55, God speaking to the Israelite nation, again, about many of these things that they think are true, but aren't really. And God wants to explain things to them. And so he needs them to understand how dependent we are on his word. And so Isaiah 55 says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways, declares the Lord. Because as high as the heavens are from the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. But then he switches. First of all, he's saying, if you're really trying to figure out the truth about me and about life, you have to recognize that your thoughts and my thoughts are not the same. So if you even try with the best of your thoughts to get to me, you're still working with different thoughts. Your capacity to understand who I am and the truth is not strong. 
But then he switches up in the middle of that chapter and he says, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word that goes out of my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and it shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So what God is saying is that in his compassion, he sows his word into the world so that as he speaks to us, life grows because his capacity to speak is also the same capacity that brings life to us. In many ways, like Jesus said, we are dependent on God speaking. The world in which we live was spoken to existence by God. But then God also speaks into that world the things, the truth that we need to know about him and about life so that we can live. Look at Romans chapter 1. He talks about how humanity got into trouble. In verses 18 and 22, he says, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness, here it is, they suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and his divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God nor give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. You notice how there is this conflict about either receiving or rebelling against what is received. Or they oppress the truth of what God has revealed. Every single time we act like we have eternal power, we are lying to ourselves and we are lying about God. That God is the one who ultimately has all power in all things in all ways. We little humans, we like to exert our own power and get our own way. We, we don't We don't submit to what God is revealing. And that is what gets us in trouble. If God speaks, we need to listen because it is by listening to what God's saying that we have life. And then purposely, God chose to speak through the coming of his son and through the words of his own son, the message about his reality. So in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rules or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. So Jesus, this is what that passage is about. Jesus is is the revelation because God is invisible. God makes himself visible. That visibility of God is Jesus. And he is the one that made everything. So in him is perfect truth and understanding if we listen to him. Throughout the Bible, God brings his people into a revelation of who he is by speaking to them. He never relies on people to develop their own intuition about God and think their own thoughts about God. In fact, in fact, it's several times, it's very, very different. God speaks into a situation to reveal himself. Think about when Moses, you remember the story of Moses and the burning bush, 
when he finally pays attention to the bush and goes to see what's happening, when he gets close to the bush, God begins to speak to him. He identifies himself as the God of, his, of Abraham's fathers, but he wants to bring a further revelation about himself. The people at that time were using different words to, as a name for God. So the most common one was Elohim. And that kind of meant gods or the God or, or something like that. And then there was other ways to talk about him like Adonai, which is kind of like the Lord. In fact, several times as you read through the Old Testament, you might even come across the word Baal. Well, Baal was used by uh, all kinds of people from that area to just talk about the master. And God wants to reveal who he is to this person that doesn't really understand or know truly the nature of God. And God wants to bring this truth to all of the people of Israel. So he says to Moses, it says, Then Moses says to God, If I come to these people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me, they'll ask me, Well, then what's his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered through all generations. The people would not have known that God was greater than their current understanding, which could be represented by idols, which could be represented by ideas, They wouldn't have known that God was greater than that until God said, I am, which is where we get the word Jehovah or Yahweh from. This was God revealing the eternalness of his presence, the eternalness of who he is. God says, I am that I am. I am the one that has always existed. I am before all things. I am outside of space and time. I am greater than all of the things that you could possibly think. Now, that took Moses first and then the people of Israel to a whole new thinking and understanding about God. But remember this, God had to say this to them. They weren't going to come to that on their own. Um, And then the things that God gives to them, like he said, this is going to be my name for you. This is how you're going to know me throughout all of your generations. Which helps build on this idea from Deuteronomy chapter 29 where he says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all of the words of his law. See, the people understood that when God makes something known to you and it changes your perspective on who God is, that it actually gives you a power to live a life that you could never live before. If God doesn't speak, then you can live according to your own understanding. But if God speaks and reveals to you something greater than he is, greater than you think, there is nothing greater than he is, greater than you think, then it gives you opportunity to live a life that you couldn't live without that understanding. There are secret things that God is not going to reveal to us because they are outside of our scope. They're never going to be for us. But there is a huge amount of things that God is revealing about himself so that we can have it for ourselves and for our children so we can live a different life. Now, When Jesus was um, talking about who God reveals to, who God speaks to, he says it's based on the mercy of God, the grace of God, not on our ability or on our intelligence. In Matthew chapter 11, 25 to 27, it says, At that time Jesus declared, 
I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All the things that have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him. See, God is speaking. He is revealing himself. But he says, it's on the basis of his mercy towards us, not the wise and the understanding, the people who got it all together. In fact, that's what I think one of the great things about God speaking is that God can speak to every single one of us, no matter how smart we are, no matter how studied we are, no matter how even kind of like qualified we are. God speaks to children, you know, not people wise in understanding, but it makes sense to us, and then we can live according to his spoken word. God reveals what is actually inside of himself when he speaks. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 to 10, it says, but it is written, as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, but what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. In a sense, he's talking about how does that revelation that Jesus talked about, that God reveals, how does that come about? It's the Scriptures teach that that revelation is by the Spirit of God because the Holy Spirit of God is part of God the Father and knows the mind and the heart of God the Father. And because the Holy Spirit also lives in us, we can have that information, that knowledge of the mind and the heart of God revealed to us. But how does it happen? It doesn't happen through an intellectual process. It happens as the Holy Spirit reveals these things to us. And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying, that all of his teaching is not the byproduct of his understanding. It's not because he's super smart. He's saying that God has been revealing these things to him that he's teaching, and God can do the same thing for every one of us. In fact, that's how we come to know what God is saying about us, through the Spirit. But notice how he takes part of himself in that verse He said, all the things that are in the heart of God, all the things that uh, God has prepared for those who love him, those things are in his heart, and then they're revealed to us, and then we get to participate with them. So how does God speak? Well, very simply, just four quick things. How is God speaking to you today? Well, number one, the scriptures declare that God is speaking through creation. Psalm chapter 19, verses 1 to 4 the heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaim his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, there are no words, who, uh, there are no words where, whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. You know, in many, many ways, you and I, we are living inside the speaker box of God. He's created this world with messages, beauty, love, joy, peace, truth, righteousness, honesty, faithfulness. It's built into his system. And he reveals it to us every morning and every evening, every nighttime and every daytime. God is constantly pouring out speech about himself and about who we are to him. 
the message of his love is continuous and constant around us. Secondly, that God speaks through his word. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now, I think that this is very important, that we learn to listen to the voice of God in scripture. God speaks through scripture because every word is inspired by God and it is breathed out for us and it equips us. Notice how the word spoken isn't just an intellectual thing, but the word of God spoken to us, read by us, absorbed by us, creates maturity within us. If we are reading the scriptures, that is how God will speak to us most clearly about most things in life. If you are not reading the scriptures, you're not going to hear from God clearly. If you're just looking at the creation, and as beautiful and a wonderful message that is, the clarity is not the same there as when we read what God is declaring in his word. That's why it's really important to have a relationship with God that you listen to the scriptures, that they get a chance to speak to you because they are God's messages to you. In fact, in your devotion time, some people feel like there's a sort of this battle between us praying and us reading. Well, I think that having God speak to me through the word is a much sort of more stabilizing, more powerful thing than me simply babbling ideas that I've got to God. Now, the, God wants to hear my prayers. Don't mistake that. And he wants to have a relationship with me where I also speak to him. But he also speaks to me. And it's very important that we hear his spoken word. So, Third, God also speaks through the rest of the body, that is, his people. In 1 Corinthians and chapter 14, he talks about how important spiritual gifts are, that is, the Holy Spirit inspiring us through the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the overflowing of those spiritual gifts is a vital part of the way that God speaks to one another in the church. So 1 Corinthians 14, 1-3, it says, Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Now, especially the gift that you may prophesy. Now, it's not very often in the scripture where God singles out a particular gift because of its excellence in its work among the body. But in this particular case, he specializes, he says, eagerly desire to prophesy. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that I become sort of, you know, prophet that wanders the earth and dressed in Heshem and sackcloth and, and acts and lives weird? That's not what he's talking about. He's actually talking about how the gift of prophecy, like the gift of tongues, is common to all believers. That is, we can hear God talking to us so that we can pass on the message for somebody else. And he says this, because the one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, because nobody understands him, he utters the mysteries mysteries in his spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation. I would like you, we've already established that we need God to speak. Everything about our lives is going to hinge on hearing from God. Every bit of truth that we walk in comes first by hearing it from him. Every fullness of God that we live in comes first by him speaking to us. God wants to speak. That's why he's made his creation to be his voice piece and he's given us his written word. 
but he also desperately wants to speak to the other believers that are around you. He desperately wants to communicate to them. So he gives every one of us the ability to be his voice box, to be, give some clarity. Why? Because people need upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation. This is not Old Testament prophecy where they were prophets would critique the righteousness of the community and say, you're failing, you've abandoned God, you're not doing the right thing. New Testament prophecy is the prophecy that comes by the leading of the Holy Spirit that takes the fullness of the things that we have in Christ and declares them to us. Christ is not unrighteous. Christ is not failing. So God takes what is given to us in Christ and puts a prophetic voice so that you have the power to speak the voice of God to somebody else. That builds people up. It doesn't tear them down. It lifts them up and they become stronger. I would love to encourage every person in your devotion time, yes, you're hearing from God, yes, you're talking to God, but would you spend some time listening to God for somebody else who maybe God is trying to communicate with, but he wants to either reinforce the message or he's not getting through to them because they're not listening to him. Now, the fourth thing is the Holy Spirit helps us. The Holy Spirit is given to us so that we can hear from God. I'd love you to just uh, think about this verse, Romans chapter 8. Now, in this particular case, he's talking to about our need to have the Holy Spirit pray through us. So he says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses because we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself, he intercedes for us with groanings that are too deep for words. Now, so he talks about the importance of tongues being a prayer language where you pray what God wants you to pray for yourself or your life or your family. That God gives you the ability to pray according to his will by interceding on our behalf. Those groanings are the workings of tongues that we express to God. Oftentimes we don't even know what the right thing to pray is. In fact, that would probably be most of the time. God helps us by giving us his spirit to pray for us. But then he goes on to talk about the way that the Spirit is working and saying, he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now, what I wanted you to just draw out of that passage is this, that the Spirit and the heart are very closely entwined. The Spirit and the heart. He who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. He who searches hearts. Now, I just want you to take that and compare that to the 1 Corinthians passage that we read before. It says, as it, is, uh, as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Because the Spirit searches everything. See how that sounds so similar to Romans chapter 8? Even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So I I want you to think about this. You, You have your mind and you have your heart. The Holy Spirit is able to speak to both of those things. The Holy Spirit 
can speak the language that you understand. In fact, many times I've thought the Lord is saying to me thus. It's almost like English in my head, like it's, it's kind of words, especially when I'm trying to communicate to somebody else. It's oftentimes thought life that's being spoken to. But the Holy Spirit also speaks to heart life. And heart life is the, the more deep part of who you are. It's where your decision core is, where your responses are. It's where your emotions lie. It's the deeper part of your soul that really is guiding the choices, the loves, the desires in your life. You have plenty of thoughts, but your heart is actually leading the way. It's living in a sense. You are following the desires of your heart. Now, God can speak to our thoughts, but he also speaks to our hearts. Now, this is the thing that I think is most important for right now. How is God speaking to you? If you are only listening for an audible voice, or in a sense, the English language or the language you speak to be alive in your thoughts as you kind of sense or think God is saying something to you, then you are missing out on the guiding influence of the Spirit of God as God speaks to you to lead you. And I think the most important scripture to think about then is this. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, or in view of the mercy of God, to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be transformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so I think this is the most important thing. God is speaking loudly in his creation. He's speaking clearly in his word. He's speaking through the brothers and sisters in Christ. But he's speaking to you. Why do we struggle to hear? The reason I think that we struggle to hear is because we need to submit to God first. That is, our hearts have to become supple in his hands. They have to become humble. They have to become willing. And so Paul says, if you're going to discern the will of God, if you're going to know what God is saying, then you first must humble yourself. You must put yourself, your own thoughts and your own ideas, like he said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. So you must put down your own thoughts and your own ways and you must become a sacrifice, a submitted sacrifice to God. Then, the word says, that you will be able to discern by testing what the will of God is. That is, not only will God renew your mind as you submit to his, what he's speaking to you, but your heart will also find the truth of the will of God, the word of God living in it. And the submitted person will be guided at their heart level, not just at their intellectual level, not just their thought life, but also their loves, their desires, their willingness to see things, their willingness to believe things. You see, many people, I tell them, God loves you. They intellectually understand the words, but their hearts don't receive that word. 
And because their heart don't receive that word like a seed, like God said, my word is going to be like a seed sown in the earth that will bring me this wonderful harvest. Because our hearts don't receive that seed, we reject it and the enemy takes it away. But if our hearts are humble and listening to God, then when God's word speaks to us, it creates fruitfulness in our lives because it produces its own fruit of love and of joy and of peace and of patience and brings out the goodness of the character of Christ and all of the things that God has prepared for us. God brings those things out in us when we humbly submit to what he is saying to us. So we first need to submit ourselves before we will discern the word of God. So I hope that helps you today. God speaks. We rely on him speaking. How God speaks is both huge and out there. It's also very, very deep. Sometimes we can't even put words to it, but God is shaping our hearts so that we can live according to the word that he's speaking in us, which is good. So God bless you. Thank you for joining me here today in another session of In Deep.